Hello and welcome to episode, well, officially episode 21, but we might have lost episode 20 due to poor audio, so... Yeah, it's uh, gone into the void. Rest in peace. Don't think I can save it. Uh, Apologies. Uh, So, we're back. We're back. We're in a little hiatus, but what a time to be back. I went on vacay. Went on vacay. Basically my fault. Got a new job. We all had all these things going on, (laughs) but... All good stuff, and... I watched the cars. They went vroom. Yes. Oh, we need to get an F1 podcast going. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we just make it like opinions and then talk about all things that are we circular? We could make it vroom opinions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I was, terrible. I was trying to go for like, you know, tires are circular, so it could, like, it could be a yeah. hoop wheel kind of like... Yeah. yeah. I, I, I yeah. get the logo. I can see that there. Anyway, <laughs> but on to the task at hand. The NBA season has come to a close of the regular season and we are in the play-ins, which is exciting. GC, GC time. I love play-ins. Love it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I'm so glad that they've implemented it. It just and makes it that much more competitive. So today's episode is, at the moment, it's subject to change, but at the <laughs> moment, it's the bricklayer br- blames the other bricks. Yep. So I think a bit of a hint of what we want to start with. Mm. We love the play-ins, but we've got to sort of quickly... We'll do a quick uh, recap of those that didn't make the play-ins. Yeah. So Basically, the only team that could have made it by one game. They missed it by one game. It was close. One it game behind. Close. and I, But I think they lost the tiebreaker between them and the Spurs. So even if they did tie, they wouldn't but have made it still. But Lakers did not make it. Nope. And then not. Russ went AWOL. <laughs> Absolutely went off script and lost it. Uh, in the presser afterwards mm. I mean I'm not totally surprised uh, I think it's just been a bit of a train wreck I think this My season whole team is a train yeah, wreck and I think it just kind of got to the breaking point yeah, end of the season like during the season you, you kind of have to keep that composure and go oh yeah yeah like we're still tracking okay we're a bit behind where we want to be but we'll get there but the closer you get eventually get to the point where there's just no hope and you can't really be optimistic anymore. So The the big question is, do, from the sound of that, do you think it's safe to assume that Russ isn't going to sign his uh, player option for his fifth year? I don't think he wants to, and I don't think the team really would benefit from him either, so I think on both parties. And the the fact that he's going to give up, like, is it like $40 million or something? It's a lot of it's money. It's a pretty hefty deal, yeah. But I, to be honest, if I was Russ too, I'd want to get out of there, though, yep. as well. He... Yep was not prepared at all for the scrutiny that no. he was going to receive playing on the Lakers. Yeah, because you definitely get a lot of that playing playing for that team. And, so. and dare I say it, I think the thing that showed the most is that he's just not good at accepting responsibility. Mm. He wants to play with a coach that is like, oh, well done. You're yeah. Russ, you've got a triple-double. <laughs> I think that's very true. If we look back at his coaches he's had previously, like Billy Donovan, when he was on OKC, was quite a soft coach. Like with the right team, like I think he's good. But Russ, from a lot of reports, he was pretty much running the show. And yeah. not in, in in that way, I guess he's not copying as much blame from from a coach going off at him when he's doing the wrong things. He's kind of just getting his way. And yeah, oh, no, OKC was Russ was at one point. Much, yeah. It was his franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think obviously coming to LA... He's not top dog. He's not even second top dog. He's like barely third top dog. So there's, yeah, I guess and a I, lot of lot of uh, responsibility that he has to take. And I don't think he's really taken much of that. No. <laughs> and I think he's he got a bit confused because he's, he's gone to LA and done what he's always done. Mm. And usually people go, bravo. Yeah. Bravo. And the stats and, look great on paper. And when, when he plays well. But didn't happen in, in Lakerland. Nope. And... Yeah. 
I mean, look, there are a lot of factors. I think, end of the day, it's not one thing. We can't blame it entirely look, on Russ it's or not, entirely yeah, on Yeah, I think we have to be really though. clear. The Lakers' bad season was not all of Russ's fault. Yeah, there was a lot of bad luck. I mean, injuries, AD, glass ankles breaking left and right. <sighs> Uh, I think the team composition as a whole coming shocking. into the season. We was told we told you from the start it was yeah. shocking. It yeah. wasn't going to work. And at first it was mostly age concern, but even just the the composition of the type of players, like they just didn't have, I mean, not much to do in the way of defense, not much even in shooting. It just they didn't compose a good team to start and with. And then Russ's shot selection and play style mm. were just kind of the cherry on top. Precisely, I think yeah, you need a good foundation to have any benefit from Russ because he can contribute. You need the right team, and they had a bad team. And then that was just, yep, the and, final nail in the coffin, really. And so. I think Russ really showed his priorities or his... I, look, a lot of people are throwing around delusional, and I don't want to throw that word around too much, but mm. he's delusional. He's yeah. not really taking responsibility. He made a big... Uh, he made a... He said a statement pretty much... He said that um, this year's... This season was less successful for him because he didn't average a triple-double like last year, mm. which... What he should have said, I'll tell you what he should have said. He should have said this year was less successful because he didn't make the playoffs. Because he played the playoffs last year with yeah, the Wizards. That's very true. Which, and which that is crazy is, to think about. Like, he doesn't care about winning. Yeah. He yeah, doesn't he, care about making the playoffs. That says a lot when he's talking about his stats rather than the team goal to make the playoffs. He, he cares more about the fact that he didn't average a triple-double. That says a lot. And that's the reason why this season was bad. Yeah. Mm. Like... Like, come on, man. Think about the PR. Think about how you're trying to sell yourself. Yeah. That does not say team player at all. No. (laughs) I think that speaks volumes, but... uh, And he got whatever he wanted. And here's the thing, right? He's been traded four times in four years. Mm. He got everything he wanted in OKC. Yep. He got traded to Houston, Mm -hmm. where he didn't get everything he wanted. Mm. So he asked to leave. Yeah. Went to the Wizards got everything he could ever want mm. and they got offered the stupidest deal in history and of course they <laughs> took it yep. and he got traded to Lakers where he didn't get everything that he wanted mm. and now he wants out again He, he's, it seems like you can't please him because he wants to go somewhere where he gets everything but if he does it's not going to pan out well for the team <laughs> No, so it, it, he needs to find some magical balance of a team that works well with him while also giving him free reign which is just a fantasy that's not going to happen it's, so. no he's, yeah. not in a, he's not efficient enough to be given free reign no I think the closest we got to a good fit for us was probably Houston really oh, where he could I still re- maintain rein back a little bit on the on the bad shot selection and just kind of focus on the athleticism and hustle that he's got and yeah I think they look great but that limited him and he didn't like it and yeah. so he moved on which is yeah crazy <laughs> I thought I thought that was the best ver- like honestly I thought that was one of the better versions of Russ the yeah. the Houston Russ they somehow I don't know how they managed to do it but they somehow reined him in mm. he still made silly decisions but it was definitely minimized as much as possible because yeah. he because Houston had such a strict sort of game sta- uh, game game plan yeah that's um, very true let's very quickly we'll, we'll finish up on the Lakers very quickly <laughs> apparently the Lakers just get to pick whoever they want as a coach and that everyone's going to, f- like, do everything. That, mm-hmm. Like, oh, guys, there's a Laker availability. Everyone wants it. Like, apparently they're targeting Nick Nurse, which mm. Nick Nurse, I don't think in a million years, would want to go anywhere near Lakers. Nope. Like, why would he? he? He's been in Toronto for a long time. He's won a championship with Toronto. What? We'll talk about why you don't want to coach the Lakers in a second. Apparently, they Quinn Snyder wanted the job. There were rumors Until that, they uh, <laughs> fired Frank via Twitter. 
Yeah, so I think that definitely made it even less appealing. So I don't think Quinn's in. He's still got a year with the Jazz anyway. I saw another rumor where they were like, oh yeah, Doc Rivers is the one for the Lakers. Mm. Which might work if Doc gets fired after this playoffs run. Yeah, good point. <laughs> which so which I'll touch on in a moment, but mm. let's um let's just talk about why the hell no coaches want to go want to go anywhere near the Lakers in mm. the next five years. They have no they have no future. Mm. They have no draft picks. They have very little. They have what Austin AR fifteen. They have Austin Reeves, yeah. rookie. That's about it, right? They've got the uh, and Malik Monk. They got the other rookie who had the really nice. Uh, oh, was it McClung? Mac McClung had the nice uh, reverse. Double pump uh, dunk to finish the Lakers season. It was the only good thing, really, that happened. Who? <laughs> yeah, but um, the, they have no young talent, really. They, they have nothing. They, they have LeBron and AD, and I think LeBron's in his last year next year, and he's going to walk, because mm. that's what LeBron does. He comes to a team, <laughs> he sucks all of the draft picks and all of the, the value to win now, and then he leaves. Mm, yep. Yep, pretty much. Well, I think, look, I mean, obviously, big market, LA, New York, has some appeal, and then if the team's bad, at least young talent or draft picks have some appeal. But the Lakers, yeah, don't have any draft picks or young young players or anything. And just all of the mismanagement that's been going on is just... It's ruined what little value it had. It has nothing now. Half so. the team is on vet minimums. A one-year vet minimum. Yeah. Uh, where what's, do you go from there? What's going to stop them from walking? Where do you go from there? Like, they're going to... Uh, they so, don't have a lot of cap room because they have LeBron and AD on and Russ for that matter big, on yeah, mammoth contracts. contracts. <laughs> so but, I mean, at this point, yeah, had a terrible season, but it doesn't even look like next season will be a nice bounce back. I think it'll be more of the same, if not worse. So. Honestly, I kind of want Russ to re-sign just because then they have no cap space and they've got <laughs> no chance of salvaging that team. Mm, it's pretty grim. It's pretty grim. So. Lakers fans, if if you're a Lakers fan, get ready for some pain because I don't think it's going to get any better. Mm. AD looks as glass like as broken as ever. Mm. LeBron's getting older and really can't like the numbers he was getting. I don't think he could have kept that up. I mean, look, I mean, there's one bright spark for the team is that LeBron put up some pretty good numbers this season, and they still couldn't win. And still couldn't win, yeah, that's insane. So hopefully not quite Sacramento Kings level for any Laker fans, but it's not looking great. So. No, so let's. We've, we've crapped on the Lakers as yep. much as I love to crap on the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I do want to quickly touch on some other teams that didn't make it before we yes. move on because okay. I feel like this is kind of the last chance to talk about some of these teams before we move on to the, the play-ins and playoffs because that's where it's really getting mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, I think there's a lot of hope um, other than the Lakers and honestly the Kings with their big mid-season trade. I don't think that panned out well for the future. Probably should have moved Fox into the Harburton. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think there's much to be said there. But some surprises I think in the West... Blazers, I didn't think... Well, it was always a big question mark, but I didn't think they'd be finishing as low as 13th. Uh, I guess it was dependent on... Dame was dependent on... Where well, at the beginning of the, the season, yeah. I think exactly. they definitely had higher hopes. and So, I think if, if coming into before the season without any expectation, you'd think, oh yeah, Blazers, like, playoff team, maybe, like, kind of 6th, uh, 7th, maybe. Yeah, So, the like fact usual. they're 13th, pretty crazy, behind the Kings, even. So, I think that was a bit of a surprise, but... At least they have some hope. They still got some pieces. Uh, I think they're yeah Which, full rebuild. Honestly, season. they should move Dame in the off season once he's healthy. Yep, that's true. Uh, Thunder. I think we expect them to be near the bottom, but yes. we've seen some good stuff. We've seen some good stuff. Giddy, I think, has proven about as, success, uh, as successful as I thought he would be. Yeah, so if I not a bit he more. Would do well. Yeah, yeah, if not a bit more. I think a few question marks um, in his game, but he's 
kind of proved that yeah, it's not not too big of a deal. And I'm pretty, solid. pretty sure that OKC are intentionally throwing at the moment. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think they were resting their starters, which to be honest, at they're one all bench point, players. Yeah, yeah. And, but they were still winning. I think Pokachevsky, Puk- whatever his name is, sorry, I always forget his name. He was like actually balling out. He had like a thirty point game or something. And <laughs> they're like, oh, the tank commander's not going to be happy about this. They're actually balling out. Yeah, like they're trying to like slow down uh, shy like Gildrix Alexander because he's, he's good. Like he's, that's yeah, it. he's they have too good for them at the moment. They have good pieces, but they're still mm. committed to getting a couple more good drafts because they've got yeah. so many picks they have so many picks so at this point i think they want to kind of wait and see and they're all young like they've got time so exactly i think yeah at this point just just wait Don't, and see there's no point at this stage for okc to flip the switch and go from mm. win like to win now there's no point i don't Absolutely. think they have like look uh shy's good mm. but he's not like a He's not a KD, like you know. He's no, he's, he's not quite at that level. Upper he's, middle. He's, he's certainly improving. Yeah, I absolutely. He's, he's looking quite strong. He's a good, good leader for the team. But yeah, definitely need some more pieces. He, they're not like some of those teams sitting on the edge where you go, oh, they could push. No, like honestly, the Pelicans, they were sitting a lot further down. They were sitting around thirteenth oh, early. They made season. a great push. And you kind of got to that point where you go, ooh, like, do you add a few more pieces or do you start rebuilding again? Because it was looking shaky. Like, I mean, Zion wasn't coming back anytime soon. You go, ooh, what do they do? And they, they grabbed some more pieces and they, they made got, a push. They grabbed CJ and now they're, they're so good. playing for eighth now. Which is absolutely crazy. <laughs> Which is so cool. I didn't expect that. Whereas you look at OKC and you go, yeah, these guys, take, just take your time. <laughs> um, look, and let's, let's really quickly touch on it. New York really need to sit down. The New York Knicks need to sit down and they mm. need to work out, like, what are they going to do? Yep. Because they're almost looking Laker-esque in terms of how messed up they are at the moment. Oh. Um, who's the dude, the young guy? Um, uh, well, they got a few young guys. They got Quickly, they got uh, no. RJ Barrett. RJ got, Barrett, yep. that's what I want to talk about. He's got a lot mm. of potential. He's still yeah. improved. Like, he's going in the right direction, Mr. Mm. RJ Barrett. I think he's got like I think he's got a lot more potential than what he's probably getting at the moment of that. Like, he's had some big games. I think yeah. he could be a really big piece for the Knicks, but mm. they need to decide what they're doing with um, mm. Randall. Randall. Yep. That's the one I was looking yep. for. I mean, it is a tricky situation because, I mean, l- previous season, he was an all-star. I mean, he, he played amazingly. So it's a bit hard to kind of plan and work out what to do when you have such a drop-off just yep. drastically downhill. Uh, and, I mean, even Kemba, like, obviously, we, he's, he wasn't as good as he uh, used to be, but we certainly expected more. And we didn't get any of it, so... And to be, I still think it's a bit harsh for him not to play at all. Surely yeah. you could have him coming off the bench, play... Like, I know his body's shot, but mm. surely you still could get, some like, value there. five minutes out. Like, even if it was, like, five to six minutes, just mm. a game, or, you know... I, I just felt like he had more value versus what they decided. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yes, he's terrible on defense, but he is a, still can spark things can still up. lead the bench unit off the bench like i mean yeah, yeah so, i don't know yeah it was a bit of a bit of a tricky situation too but it's just crazy like yeah kind of like the lakers in my opinion you went from a team that was playoffs last year and just yeah dropped off so drastically i mean look they're 11th they went like super far behind the play-in bracket but it didn't look like they were no, they fell it, apart so, they yeah. were they weren't good mm. um let's talk about very quickly <laughs> steph curry still out injured mm very much the the most important person in regards to for Golden State. Definitely. Uh I think it it honestly depends how quickly he comes back. I mean, we've seen that Golden State have been able to adjust without a lot of their uh bigger players. I mean, they had Clay missing for most of the season, so 
they're, they can adjust. Uh, and I think, I mean, their first round matchup Steph will the be... Diamond. I mean, yeah, I think he's obviously the the guy. Uh, but their first round matchup is against the uh, Nuggets, Denver I believe. Nuggets. Yeah, so, I mean... I've got a... Denver... Oh, I just... Look, no, I think this Denver team's good. That's the thing. They, they, they do look quite strong. I was going to say that the Warriors could maybe like scrape through the first couple rounds and then get Steph back and then they'll be fine but honestly the Denver matchup mm, could be quite tough look the Denver matches matchup is already tough because Denver have height mm, that's true it'd be an interesting combo of yeah watching small ball go like, up against who, Jokic and the but like how are you going to play without your king of small ball mm, that's like true. yes the, the look the Golden State Warriors have definitely exceeded expectation like definitely exceeding what I thought was possible with them being so small. Mm. Like, they haven't really got a proper center still. Yeah. They've um, been able to make it work. And I think but... Wiseman just got... I think he's still injured or he's had complications with his knee. Yeah. So, he's... They haven't got a center. They've got Belly is the best. Yeah. <laughs> like, and... Yeah, and they've got what Looney, who's yeah. a, really a power forward at best. Mm. Or... Yeah, centre, but certainly more of a bench role, I would say. Yeah, not a good yeah. starter. So exactly. Yeah, so they're definitely and, all in on small ball. Yeah. And you've got a lot of, you know, you've got Yoke in, in Denver. You've got Aaron Gordon. Like, there's a mm. lot of explosive, larger people, mm. and they've got the small people to still run you ragged. Like, I just of the other teams, this is probably one of the poorer matchups for Denver uh, for Golden State. Yeah, that's in true. my opinion. I mean, they've even got Boogie as well. I forgot they picked oh, up Oh, Boogie. Well, yeah, so. that's right. Boogie's been balling out at Denver too. Yeah. Forgot about Boogie. So they've, they've got a fair bit of depth in their bigs. So I think, yeah, they'll really look to take advantage of that, I think. And and, and, go- and Denver have depth as well. Yeah. They've, they've, they're looking pretty solid. So. so it's looking quite scary for the Warriors, actually. Yeah, not confident, honestly. Um, mm. And then you've got Luca strained his calf in the last regular mm. season game. Which... I mean, that was questionable to even play him, right? Like, I oh. would not have put him in. I mean, he's it's not like he's chasing a record or anything. He'd rest him. <laughs> Don't risk like, that type of stuff. That's the, like, I think the Suns, like, all their stars were rested in the last couple of games. Mm. Like, they did a couple of games. Like, And I mean, what? look, like, we're not endorsing, like, uh, load management and fans missing out on seeing their favorite players because that's a different story. This is literally just the last game of the season, right? It's one game. Rest him. And, of course, they put him in. Gets injured, and it looked like it could have been, eh, maybe not so bad, but he's walking helped the off mo- the court, and he's got a moon he's boot, got a moon on, boot. Like, he, that's, that's so now not... it's not looking good. So, that, yeah, very questionable, and that may come back to bite them. I mean, they're up against Utah, who notoriously aren't good in the playoffs. I feel that pain personally. Yeah, but everything uh, Dallas does is through Luka. Yep, that's pretty much true. He's, they, he's carried them to fourth. They, they got rid of... The unicorn. Mm, he was meant to be their number two guy. So, so really, the, it's just him and yeah, that, the rest of the team. Yeah, so it's it's not good for, for Dallas. Mm. So now that we've sort of covered how the season ended, let's mm. talk about the playing tournament because we like the yes. playing tournament. It's good fun. Absolutely. I think, And it, I think it gives a lot more teams incentive to try and push and not give up halfway through the season. Mm. And honestly, like we had a pretty, pretty great battle for... And both in both conferences, really, yeah. uh, everyone to the end was fighting for spots. Absolutely. So, and I thought it was great. So I was lucky enough to at least listen. I didn't watch all of it, but I've listened to some of the games. Mm. Um, Atlanta versus Charlotte, which was today. Mm. Honestly, Atlanta had 
Charlotte's number the whole day. Yeah, it was just Charlotte, wire to wire. Yeah. Charlotte, the Hornets did not look... In, uh, like, they were missing... Uh, I'm pretty sure they were missing Gordon Haywood. Yeah, he's still who, out, yeah. Who, he's a big part of that team. Mm. Um, but they just... Uh, Atlanta were playing defense. They were hitting shots. Even with Trey going really cold for a portion. Yeah, the rest um, of the team kind of just kept it together. Yeah, and Lamelo got cold as well. I think Lamelo mm. was a little bit iffy, but they just... Nothing was going in, and they weren't playing defense. Like, mm. Isaiah Thomas got two offensive rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> and he's having to step up to rebound. You know the team's not playing. And like, he, was a, he was a little spark plug, but he can't play the whole time. Like, yeah. and, and this is kind of what I actually... I don't want to say, like, oh, I predicted it, but this is kind of what I was talking about a couple episodes ago in that Charlotte, like, run and gun, like, in the season, pretty solid, but they don't really have, like, the go-to, like, clutch guy to just step up in the big moment because Amelo, I think, still a bit young. Uh, I think some of the other guys a bit situation like bridges and stuff they all work together and there's no like real superstar to just be like all right the rest of the team's not on fire i'm gonna step up and drop 40 yeah. or whatever and that's what you need in the playoffs you need someone who can be like just and kick it to a new gear so when they're cold like the hornets are cold yeah like, <laughs> look and like mm. Ubre has done well for like that look mm. and like i'll be uh, to be honest um while i remember Montrell Harrell, Montrez, is it Montrez or Montrez Montrell? Montrez Harrell. Mm. He was huge for the Hornets. A couple mm. of big buckets, just good hustle. Like he he fits in really well. I think it was a great pickup with the, the Hornets playstyle. Um, mm. and that's the thing. Like I think the Hornets are close. And like I think Lamelo's heading. To, like I think Lamelo could be a superstar. Oh yeah. I think yeah. he's. I think he's heading that direction. I he think just, it's, it's inevitable, but end of the day he's still quite young at the moment so second I think year right uh yeah i think it is it feels like he's been there longer because he's playing quite solidly but well, it's just his first year. no it's his second this year, is isn't second, it? Yeah, yeah 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 second yeah. so it's just yeah charlotte just really struggled getting out of the gate and just mm. couldn't couldn't get the motor running i think there's a, like and i think this comes down to charlotte really need a better center mm. yeah i think they they're start, starting a plumley who is a bit more of a bench bench player. I mean, he only played like eleven minutes, but yeah, because um, the the Hawks were just pick and rolling with Capella, and Capella was slaughtering him. Yep, he just very consistent. I mean, Capella just pretty much feasted. There was no one opposing him. Seventeen rebounds, dude almost had twenty rebounds. So yeah, I think between Plumley and Harrell, like look I decent like, fit. I think in the rotation, sure. But I they like still Harrell. need Harrell's yeah. Harrell's the uh, if of the two if you mm. if, if you were like hey we're gonna get a really good center next year who do we have coming off the bench it's Harrell every time I would agree with that yeah I'm sorry yep. Harrell has some great offensive tendencies he's a mm. he's that like enforcer kind of guy yeah, you know absolutely. I like Harrell's hustle like he's an enforcer without being a like a dirty player yeah he's a he's, he's kind of a glue guy you need need him there to lock uh, down yeah and he loves being in 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 Adla- uh, in Charlotte, yeah. So yeah, I I love Harold coming off the bench. I don't think you should start him. I like him coming off the bench, but mm. they really need to to make a move, get someone better in the paint because Plumley's yeah. just. I like. He's, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he's just not cutting it. He's a little bit, a uh, bit of a more old school big, and I think they need someone who can kind of bit more versatile. Big guys, yeah. They play PJ Washington a little bit at center as well, but he's a bit more of a forward. So they really need that, yeah, solid center. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said. Lamelo did his and, best, but it was cold. Yep, and Ad- points, Atlanta but. just yeah played as a team a lot better. Like Trey, mm. of, yeah, Trey was, was eight from twenty four, yep. which isn't he, he sort of clawed it back a little bit, but mm. um wasn't great for him. But he had eleven assists. Yeah, 
so getting the other guys involved and yeah all their starters double digit points yeah uh even uh bogdan off the bench so yeah, yeah. they just played as a team really he recognized um, that he wasn't getting getting it done and he was getting doubled a lot and he mm. was finding open people and they were shitting their shots which is actually a little quick uh nice fact at the end of the season i think that trey was uh i've already forgotten i think he was the first player to lead the league in uh, college in assists and points uh, and he actually did that in the nba he led the league in total obviously not per game because they were like obviously a scoring champion went to Embiid. uh but yeah he led the league in total points and assists so uh, it's really cool to see because obviously he's got that mentality as like a shooter and people see him as a bit of a three-point sniper but he's a great passer and i think it's underrated oh yeah so it's good to see him like really utilize that when he's having a cold game Ab- absolutely and mm. like look and here's the thing like lamello still had eight assists so he to some mm. extent was recognizing that he wasn't hitting yeah and was and was past like you know getting the ball out, and he only had like compared. <laughs> Bridges had a minus thirty game, mm. like in the in the plus minus. At least Lamelo was minus thirteen, so he was playing D. Mm. Like, like, you know, scary Terry was minus twenty nine. Mm. Um, where's Plumley? Minus ten. Plumley was yeah, he played eleven minutes, so that's gonna skew a little bit. McDaniel, uh, sorry, C Martin was minus twenty four. Mm. So. He, you know, at least while had a bit of a slightly more positive impact on the team. I mean, Bridges got ejected and uh, had a oh, swing that. at a fan, which is pretty funny on his way oh, out. Dear, he's going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> he's going to get in trouble for that. Uh, but I mean, fair enough. Frustrating game for for him. So yeah, um, Cavs and the Nets. I mm. watched a bit of this game. It was pretty honestly. It was pretty tight. Um, yeah, because I mean the Cavs were trailing, but they would then have a bit of a run and catch back yeah. up a bit, and it looked it looked close, but. And I mean, that's the Nets just kind of yeah, and yeah. but like uh, Nets had two big games from Kyrie and KD. Yeah, um, Kyrie with thirty four. Like you know what? What do you do about that? <laughs> there's not much you can do. And look, I don't like making like oh he wasn't here, he wasn't there. But the Cavs were missing um, um, Allen. Yeah, which is I mean their their centerpiece really to keep one keep of their the paint locked down. One of their centerpieces yeah. with their whole strat, and mm. so. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm. I want the Cavs to beat the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the that Cleveland deserves it, and they they had a rough run near the end with injuries and stuff. It's but because they, they were worked. so strong early in the season, they're up in like third and stuff. And well, but they were doing that with injuries as well. True. So like, I feel like they've mm. they've done the hard yards, and they've just got to try and finish things off. Mm. But I think the concerning thing with the Brooklyn Nets, and mm. I want to say this straight up, they're a very decent team. Mm. Oh, yep. Definitely. Like, and while they're de- uh, there's a story that their defense isn't great, their defense is average at the moment. It's actually yeah, not terrible. Not terrible. The the problem with their defense hmm. isn't that it's like people saying it's horrible. No, their defense is average. Their defense is okay. Hmm. The problem is is that they'll get twenty thirty points ahead and then they let the other team catch up. Mm, which we saw constantly it's, in that game. It's so. inconsistent. Yeah, that's the problem. Mm. It's not they have okay defense, but when it switches off, it switches off hard. Yeah, and this game should have been over. Mm. Like it should not have been 115 to 108. It shouldn't have ended up that close. No. It should not have. And it, like before they the game was kind of over and it went to to trash minutes. Like mm. it was like 109 to 106 at one point. Yeah, and whereas earlier in the game, I think they were up by about 20. Yeah, I think they doubled in the first like two quarters. They had, like double the score of the Cavs, but yeah, it they let them get too close. It so. should never have gotten back to that sort of deficit. Mm. And that's the problem that I think we should be concerned about. With Brooklyn. Just the consistency, yeah. But 
there's also one more thing with Brooklyn. There, like Brooklyn has a wild card, which mm. is Ben Simmons. <laughs> if Ben, if Ben Simmons returns, and if somehow Ben Simmons could play without disrupting things too much, mm. and if there's a team that you can get away with having Ben Simmons on, it's this one. Mm, yeah. He can run up the ball. He can distribute it to someone, and they and you know if he can't get the ball to someone, then he can pass it to KD and Kyrie, and they can create their exactly. own shot. Because I mean, the, the Nets they can surround Simmons with shooters, and they've got two crazy good scorers to offload the scoring pressure on Simmons. But I think the big thing is he's not coming back. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. I think, yeah, I mean, we don't have like crazy in-depth updates of Simmons, but I don't think he's coming. I don't think he's coming I've, back. I've heard he's time. playing. I heard he's been playing scrimmages with his. The teammates and they've been hyping him up and he's... Look, perhaps, but I think any time we get close and it sounds exciting, something comes in and it's like, oh, actually, no, he's not doing this. So, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll I see. We'll, but we'll they see. could definitely use his defense. That's the thing. Yeah. The 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 offense of Brooklyn Net is... The Nets are great. Yeah. If, if Simmons could come in and really anchor the defense, that... I hate to mm. say... I hate to say this, but it <laughs> could be like a a little clutch moment like yeah. if he can come in and it's a it's a different the word i'm looking for is a difference maker yeah okay if ben simmons can come in and not take away too much from the offensive side but really help lock in the defense it could be a humongous difference maker okay. i mean look if he just focuses on could D be. and passes the ball doesn't could ruin be. things yeah, yeah okay I can see that potential. Because that's that's the only gap that the Nets have, mm. and they have a what? How did he? Is he's one defensive? Has he won defensive player of the year? Or has he just been on the all defense team? I think. He's, oh, I, don't quote me on this, but he's been a solid defender in the past. I wouldn't be yes. surprised if he's made like a all defensive second team or something. So yeah. So and like and he's always been well known for his playmaking, passing, and defense. Yep. Just leave the offense to the other guys because <laughs> he's a cheat code for you know you play him as a point guard or whatever yeah. wherever you play him and then you put him on the opposing opposing team's point guard and they have a really tough time because he's got like what he's like six something six seven six mm. he's he's as tall as a power forward or I think a small having him there as, as an option because i think you get shorter and shorter rotations which is just fewer people so you don't go into your benches deep the further you go in the playoffs because you want your best guys on yeah but having them there kind of in your pocket as like a if you need all right let's chuck on some defensive in size then yeah i can see that i can I, see that i i hate saying it and i hate hyping him up because <laughs> I don't think he deserves it but he could be a difference maker for the Nets mm. could be that's fair let's let's just keep it as a could be mm. Clippers and Timberwolves I have mm. to say what an electric game that was a great game they that were really at home at Grizzlies which I didn't know that the Grizzlies Timberwolves. sorry Timberwolves <laughs> Timberwolves and Clippers sorry similar vibe look there's, <laughs> there's wolves and They're big, furry big, things yeah, forest animals yeah yeah um, <laughs> So I I don't I'm really sorry Minnesota I did not know that y'all could sell out a an arena at home that was pretty nice I will say that the energy was pretty the, good the energy was off the charts mm. the place was full I was going to say it again it's a bad joke but I did not know Minnesota could get a full stadium mm. I mean this is this is so good to see for me personally because when I started watching the NBA it's like 2011 ish the Timberwolves were the worst team in the league and by far like yeah. they were absolutely garbage. And they've had this rebuilding journey. They got Cat. They got a few pieces and stuff. And they did make the playoffs, I think, 2018. But then they kind of had that slump and just underperformed. And to see them back fighting for it and, I mean, making it, I think it's really exciting. It's great. People roasting them for their celebration. But 
what do you want from them, man? Like, g- give them props. Like, they, they made it. Like, let them celebrate. People saying, oh, they're not actually invested. They don't care enough. I know Anthony oh. Edwards had a few concerns when he was drafted. Like, oh, he doesn't really care about basketball that much. But and the then when they hype, people are like, they're too hype. Like, come what on. What do you mean? Like, the like they just had an amazing victory. It was, exactly. an, it was an amazing victory. Against in a front tough of, team. In front of a home crowd. The side, like, I don't think, they did not have a clean start to the season. Yeah. We were, well, I think we were saying they weren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't think I had them making the playoffs. And so, they just gradually fought their way up. And actually... And things decided to click. Ended up in seventh, too. So, like, they didn't even just scrape into plans. Like, they, I guess, were in the top playing spot. They, so, good on them, honestly. They, <laughs> they beat the Clippers, which, honestly, on paper... The Clippers are a better team. Yep, with Paul George back, 100%. And Paul George had a 34-point game. Yep. And they managed... They had a huge game from Anthony Edwards. D'Angelo Russell stepped up. They adjusted. Mm. They were struggling at the start of the game. They started mm. off really hot, and then the Clippers were like, okay, we're just going to double-team Cat every time he gets near the ball. Yep. And Cat struggled. Mm. I think and, that's one of the big stories of the game is... And they were struggling up. because Cat was struggling. Yep. And then Anthony Edwards and Russell were like, okay, obviously we can't funnel everything through Cat. We're going to have to do something else. Mm. And they stood up, got it done. The team worked... like I think they worked well together. Um, Vanderbilt mm. had... Ten yeah, Vanderbilt, rebound, like, yeah. Sorry, Vanderbilt. Mm. Whatever his name is. He was getting he boards. It. People. Mm. Patrick Beverly was just... Patrick, how did Patrick Beverly get 11 re- re- rebounds? Dude, he was hustling. Like, I yeah, I'm not a Pat Bev fan. I think he's a bit controversial, but that energy was, was really good to he see. He was not infectious, <laughs> that energy. I hate saying it. Yeah. I don't like talking about Patrick Beverly. I just think yeah. he pushes it a little bit too far. A bit too far, But yeah. he really wanted to beat the Clippers. Yep. And, I mean, a team he used to play for, you could see the rivalry there, so... I think he kind of uh, got to love it. The story was he felt disrespected how he got yep. treated at, at the Clippers, and he wanted Definitely. out, and... He's been and you and to be fair for for Pat Bev, he could have just been like, yeah, okay, I'm on a crap team, whatever. I've got mm. my money, you know. He could have just taken a, a but he really integrated himself in that team, and he's mm. been really, he has been one of the pillars of getting this team up to where it is now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was shaky that. for him because I think once he left the Clippers, he was on a team for a little while and then got moved again. So it was looking like, who, where's he going to end up? And I, I thought, oh, okay, yeah, Wolves, yeah, I don't know if they're they're really a good good fit. But no, he's, like you said, he's integrated I so well. So. don't like saying nice <laughs> things about Pat Bev. No, not, but not a general fan. I but, can yeah. admit that his energy was through the roof. What they needed, and he yeah. was, yeah. Again, he's not necessarily there to get lots of buckets, but he mm. definitely plays the questionable, the questionable role that he plays quite well. Yeah, he had, had so much energy, even right at the end of the game. Clutch steals, like it was, yeah, he all was pushing. Over it, so yeah, um, Pelicans and Spurs. I didn't get to watch as much of this I, as I'd like. I think that's the only game I didn't actually really get to catch. So, uh, but from what I could see, like it was a close game. Pelicans mm. got away at the end. Like, they, look, they won by ten, which by all means is not a, a runaway. Mm. Um, but just looking at the score sheet, we're gonna, uh, you know, uh, I think my biggest takeaway, even just looking at the score sheet, is the Spurs. Bright star, which was kind of the only really bright star this season, no offense, was yep. DeJounte Murray, the all-star. Cold, 26% from the field, 5 from 19. Yep. And I think that says pretty much The rest much of the Pelican starters, <laughs> like, you know, you had Ingram with 27, McCollum mm. with 32, Valanchunas with 22. Like, that's... Yep. Boom. GG. I think it just comes down to the Pelicans managed to kind of rebuild their team during the season, pick up CJ, and they had three weapons against the Spurs' one weapon, really. Yep. 
Uh, and I think that's Valanciunas was killing the defensive rebounds. Mm, Fourteen boards. That's it. Yeah. And, and I like this team. I yeah. think we've said this a lot, but <laughs> McCullen changed. Like to be fair, before the McCullen trade, this team should have been doing better. Mm, regardless, that is true. Actually, yeah, they they should have been performing a bit better even without CJ. Yeah, like Valanciunas and Ingram should be enough to get you a little bit higher than where they were. Mm. Um, but McCollum has like really add like a fresh coat of paint to this yep. to this team. Definitely, I'm just praying to the basketball gods that <laughs> next year they can get Zion healthy and doing yeah. something. And this is a like honest honest to God, this is a good team. One hundred percent. Without Zion, and when if you add Zion, like this is a team that with Zion, if you can get the Zion that was playing last year that was so efficient, like mm. you know, people are gonna have to put two or three people on Zion to stop him getting free points. Yep. And then you've got McCollum, Valanciunas, and Ingram hanging around the three point line waiting to get open. Exactly. It's it's honestly you know, one of the scariest starting lineups. It, and then. The bench isn't bad. I think we got to shout out Herb Jones because this is a name that's been thrown around. If you're not like a Pelicans fan, you might not know too much. But this guy has put so much heart in this season. He had, I think it was three, two steals, two blocks in this game as well. Just locking down on defense. They have they have some decent bench players. This this is a decent team. Yeah. And next year, I think, uh, you know, I think we've been very ca- like not soft, but we've given the Pelicans a bit of leeway. That's true. Next year, I'm expecting results. Yep. Yep. I think once they've had a fresh start to the season where they've got all their pieces not like a mid-season change they should have some chemistry going and they've got the pieces and to do it so. i'm expecting results regardless of whether zion plays or not yeah because i think this that. team should be doing better mm. than what they're doing and now that they've got mccollum let's get him settled in mm. i think mccollum makes a huge difference for this team so i'm i'm expecting at minimum next year top eight yep I'd agree with that. I think that they're better than a... Pl- like, on paper, these guys are better than a play-in team. Yeah, I mean, if the Wolves can finish 7th, I think the the Pelicans can finish 7th as yep. well. So, yeah. But, I mean, look, it's promising. And it's a bit of a shame for the Spurs because, honestly, I didn't think they were even going to make the play-in. So, it was good to see them do, like, a yeah. last-minute hustle. Knock out the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, is <laughs> pretty I'll funny. I'll cheer for anyone that knocks out the but, Lakers. I mean, look, it's still, still promising for them. DeJounte's really flourishing. It's a shame he had a bit of an off game, but... Uh, I mean, look, they got, they got potential. That's so. the thing. This isn't, you know, the playoff. You've got to, you've got to kill it. Mm, this, yep. There's no second chances. You 100%. have to make the shots count. That's so true. So mm. we've talked about the plans. Let's briefly, because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's not done deal, but I think it's pretty straightforward who we think the end of season awards should go to. Mm, yep. We can have a bit of a discussion. Oh, I just want to really quickly throw out there that if Philadelphia don't make it past second round I think Doc's gone yeah and I think they should get rid of Doc yeah I don't think Doc's a good coach mm. sorry Doc's an okay coach but um, I think and, and I think low-key Philly might ride off this year unfortunately because they need to get a little bit more depth I think next year mm. might be the year especially if Embiid and Harden focus a little bit too much on I feel like Embiid and Harden are focusing more on trying to get free throws because they've lost Drummond <laughs> because they've yeah. lost Seth like they're trying to fill that gap if they can get a Seth-esque replacement next year, mm. and maybe Andre Drummond back, but Take I think Drummond's going to get the bag next year now that Drummond's shown that he can actually play in teams now. Mm. But they need a, a Drummond light, and they need a Seth light <laughs> or something to fill those two gaps. And then yep. I think Philadelphia might be the team to beat. Mm. But I until mean, then, they have to... led the league in scoring, which is the first time since Shaq in uh, in yes. I think 2000, by the way. Um, 
but he which is cool but i think he kind of had to like he was just drawing fouls like just forcing yep. his way to kind of carry yep. and so that's I think, why yeah, i don't think he should of... be mvp so let's talk about the mvp yes it's time for so the hot sauce there's no oh yeah play the song right now <laughs> so hot alucinante como el picante it's harry's hot sauce and then we'll do the little dance. So we think we've, we've done a, you know, we've done a quick Google. These things haven't been announced yet or who's mm. in the running, but we think it's between Jokic and Bean and Giannis. Yep. I think early in the season, we definitely threw some other names in there. I mean, you could probably put early season, you put Steph when he was real, yep. real hot. Uh, Jar when he started to go off. Yep. Uh, even um, you look at Damar. I mean, just yep. carrying the or balls. KD. KD, yeah. So I think there are a lot of options. But I think when it's coming down to this point in the season, it's pretty clear cut, I think, who... Yeah. yeah who who do you think should get it, Ben? Let's see if we agree on this. All right. Well, this is going to be controversial because I think... Oh. Hit me. Come on. Okay. Hit me. This, Let's go. I think this year, Jokic. But I yes. think that's silly. Well, not silly, but it almost seems unfair because I think Jokic should have one and Embiid should have one because they've been so close for back-to-back seasons. It's, it, it seems like crazy. If Jokic has two and Embiid has none, looks like Jokic is so much better than Embiid when I think they're quite close. But I can't base it on any previous season. I have to base it on this season alone, and I would tell you, Jokic. I think Jokic is better yep. than Embiid yep. and less reliant on free throws. Yep, true. And, and just, just be, being able to do more things. He's setting yep. his teammates up as well. Um, honestly brought the Nuggets up into sixth when, with the number of injuries they had, they didn't deserve, to be didn't deserve almost to be there. Uh and I mean, yeah, it's it's tough because Look, Embiid yeah. is so close there. He's been so dominant, had some crazy scoring performances, great, crazy rebounding, uh, and they end up finishing fourth, which is like kind of decent. But as but as we've debated, like what makes the most valuable player? Is yep. it just pure scoring, or is it other things? And yep. uh, and Jokic is also efficient. Yeah, and I don't know how efficient Embiid is, and I think Embiid again relies a lot on free throws. Mm. And if you took away the free throws, I don't know. If he'd be up as up there fair. in points as he's he's not inefficient. I think he's still a decently efficient scorer. But you're right. I think take away the free free throws and there's a lot less. And just taking away taking away the assists entirely. Like Embiid isn't a facilitator. No. He's he's going to get his buckets. Jokic is getting his buckets and setting his team up. And I think just that much That's more valuable. A so. valuable team yeah. player. So I think we um, agree on that. And I think Giannis is up there, but I think. Mm. Giannis is suffering from his own success. <laughs> he's, we expect so much, I think, these days from him. Um, he's, and and look, props to him. He has improved every year. Mm, but yep. he's be, kind of become like, you know, he's reached the peak. And so now it's not a... He's not the underdog anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and That's fair. you've got to have the right narrative. Like MVP is half narrative. Mm. And the narrative just isn't on uh, Giannis' side anymore because he's so good. That, I think it's fair, yeah. Uh, and it's it's honestly tough because looking at like stats and stuff. I mean, he's yeah had a great season. I think the box finished uh, finished third as well. I mean, look, if it wasn't for Jokic, definite MVP right yep. there. But yeah, I think when when it comes down to, it, I'd still give it to Jokic. Yep. So yeah. So then we've got the rookie of the mm. year, which yep. we've got between um, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, and Cade Cunningham. Mm. I think this one's a bit closer. Okay, who, let's open it out. Who do you think <laughs> should have got it? 
Well, I think I actually call, this is one of the few predictions I may have got right early in the season is I called Mobley getting it. And I think okay. I would probably go with him. Just it's tough. Okay. There are a few levels to this because it was between Mobley and Barnes for me personally. Uh, oh, see, I was going to say it's between Mobley and Cade. That's fair. That's fair. Because, I mean, honestly, Cade, oh, I mean, he, he missed like the first like week or, or two or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Um, took a little while to heat up. He started a little bit weak, but he's had some absolutely crazy games this season. Yeah. He's been a very solid rookie. Whereas but Scotty Barnes, for me, hasn't mm. been like that superstar. Like, he hasn't got the same sort of like scoring potential that mm. Cade has had, but he's been more consistent. Yes, I would agree with that, yeah. I think Scotty hasn't been, yeah, like, absolute crazy, just bombshell of a player. Uh, but I think he's been quite crucial to Toronto finishing fifth. Oh, absolutely. Which they made a great push at the end, I think. Absolutely. So, uh, it's t- it's tough, because you, you, yeah, you could weigh in a little bit of the team's success, but it is an individual water, water supply, uh, I suppose. But um, let's go with Mobley. <laughs> but, yeah, having debated between the, those two players, let's go with the third option. Yes. Because, honestly, I think it should probably be Mobley, because... When you watch these players, right? Cade might drop like thirty something. It's like, yeah, amazing game, but he hasn't. He's not doing that every game. No. Uh, Barnes is like a solid fit, but he's not like leading the team, right? No, no. Mobley, from, you watch him, and he looks like he's in his like fifth year. He's... I think he looks so comfortable, and not just playing as a role, but like almost leading the team because they've been without so many dudes at points. When he's when he's on the court, he looks just like yeah, he's belongs out. Yeah. I, I love the Cavs team. I love how they're sort of doing a different... Like, as we've mentioned all year, they're doing, like, a different strat, and it's working. <laughs> yeah. I think we saw some really cooked lineups. We were seeing pretty much, like, three centers on the court. They're, like, they, three seven-footers. They look like when you play a My Team game and you're using <laughs> the glitch cards and you yeah. play, like, you know, like, Pazingas at, at point guard or something <laughs> and then play, like, your other tall... Like, it, it looks like mm. a glitch game, but it's yeah. so good. I love but, it. Yeah, it was it was a fun lineup to see, and we've seen that a little bit. But yeah, I think the Cavs, while they did drop off a little, uh, I think yeah, Mobley, I think individually and team based, I think that's the thing. Yep. It's a bit of both. Yeah. So no, I'd give I'd give it to him. Uh, most improved. Oh, this is a tricky one. So we've got Jordan Pole, Miles Bridges, and Ja Morant. I mean, these being the top. I mean, you could probably throw some other names in there too, but off the top of our heads, like that's yeah, the three that we're gonna go. With. I think. I mean, Jar's just, like, absolutely taken off. But I think you have to look at the point they started from. Because Jar last season already, Was he'd started yeah. to flourish. Yeah. I really want to give it to Jar. And honestly, Bridges props to him because even early in the but season, Bridges had a, see, Didn't Bridges have, like, a killer of a season last year as well? stepped up more last season. But I think he the start of this season, he, you see, you saw a jump. You saw a yeah. jump. But in terms of a jump, I mean, has to I, th- I think there was a quote I saw. He was in the G League last season. Yeah. G League to, like... Uh, one of the top scorers on your team and your team being Golden State. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I feel like I have to give it to him, right? And and for me, it also highlights, like, look, Golden State get a lot of flack. Mm. But they are very good at developing talent. Yes. Yes, that's very true. I think they're very good at seeing, like, attributes that they're looking for. They're mm. very... And they're, and they're very good at getting the people... And, and it's not necessarily getting... I guess it's getting the people that have the right fit potential. Yep. I think there's no better example than Draymond Green because I remember the season when uh, I think I think it was Steve Kerr's like first couple of seasons he put Draymond in instead of another player I think I don't know if it was Barnes or someone but I remember back at the time being like who is this guy Green and why are they putting him in and this seems like such a bad fit he's more of a three than a four and why are they playing him and he just improved and improved and it was the good fit like you said they know what works with their strat. And then they developed the players because yep. yeah, Green came out of nowhere and now he's a multiple all star. So and 
Liverpool's playing well. They managed mm. to fix Wiggins. Like I think that these guys, like you know, they All-Star can't fix Wiggins. everyone. Mm. You know, um, uh, they couldn't fix Ubre, mm. <laughs> but yep. I think when they get the right people mm. and Pool obviously put the work in, and yep. it shows, especially early season. Because yep. I mean, without Clay, stepped into the shooting guard and just got buckets. Took <laughs> it off. Got buckets. So. Took it off. Yeah, I think that one's a bit more of a close one because I think the case for everyone, but. Yeah, just in sheer improvement, I think. I think I think him. this one might be a little bit difficult. Sixth man of the year. Ooh, okay, so who um, are we talking about candidates here? So we've got Tyler Hero, Kelly Oubre with the Hornets, mm. and um, Kevin Love for the Cavs. I'd agree this is the toughest. I think it's part, in part because so many teams have been shifting up their lineup. They've been without certain people and people stepping yeah, into different so, roles. So this is the bit where this is, and I don't know, maybe controversial, but this is why I don't think Tyler Hero should get it because I okay. feel like he he has been coming off the bench a lot mm. but he's also been starting a lot due to injuries and like yeah. at what point does someone play too much as a starter for them not to be a sixth man yeah I, I mean I think I'd have to check there probably is some like percentage of games started or whatever to include it but the fact is he has started a lot of games and, and he's pretty much starter level for that team let's be honest yeah and for me I think it's between Ubre and Love just because like 80% of the season mm. like and Kevin Love especially they have been coming off the bench mm. and they've been lighting it up and That's I'm so, so I'm sorry here I'm sorry Miami fans if I'm <laughs> wrong maybe Tyler Hero has been coming off the bench but has been coming off the bench most of the season but I feel mm. like he hasn't he's he's certainly done a lot of both I think and yeah uh, it's tough it's tough. My favorite, if I could just choose my favorite for the sixth man, I'd probably go with Love because I love, I, no pun intended. I think he just fit in so well. Cause do, you, do you know what? Can we can we be controversial and pick Kevin Love? <sighs> because say, yeah. because <laughs> I, lo- I love... Oh, I love... <laughs> can't help but say it, yeah. Um, I really appreciate how last year he was done. He was, you know, mm. intentionally throwing the ball away. <laughs> he was not happy. Like, things mm. were not good in Cleveland. Mm. And a couple of trades, the right people have come in. And Kevin Love is a completely different player now. So true. I think mentality-wise, but also just play style. Because this guy, he was on the championship-winning Cavs, but when it fell apart, LeBron leaves or whatever, he was kind of just like dragging the chain, like trying to keep stuff together, being like the only vet and past all-star, and just kind of sitting as a starter because by default. But as soon as they move into the bench, they got some of those younger guys coming on. He was talking about how much he's loving it. Yeah, <laughs> it's but you him, can but yeah. you can see when he plays now how much fun he's having. And how he's much he's just got an absolute green light because he's got the experience. He's taking decent shots. The coach is like, "Go for it." So, and he said, "You can stay in this league as long as you can shoot and rebound." Yeah, all he needs to do is play some defense. Make sure you don't give away any easy boards and just and shoot. He's had some big games, some huge games. He dropped like thirty something in a quarter. He's had, uh, I think he he did about like 18 minutes or something the other other game and drop like 30 so he's just an absolute spark plug like he'll come on just shoot 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 which is kind of funny because back in the day you wouldn't you wouldn't let your power forward slash center do that like he he was one of the first bigs to shoot but he'd still be like i to put him in the post now he just comes on and catches and shoots yeah and nails it <laughs> but you, yeah i just love the energy i love the enthusiasm mm-hmm. like he knows that keith cleveland is onto something now yeah He's motivated. He's determined. Yep. I enjoy watching Kevin Love. Yeah, and I think yeah, part of it as well is the, is the rest of the team and how they've found something. And I don't think anyone expected them to be no. performing the way they did. So, no. and I think it's in part yeah and down. Part to him, of it so. is because of Kevin Love. Yeah, that's very true. So, I yeah, I would be happy to vote for him. That, yeah, that'd be my vote. Let, but Hero has had some crazy games off the bench. He's I think he's possibly the best player on that list. But 
comes down to that debate about yeah, yeah. i guess what constitutes six man so no offense here <laughs> defensive player of the year mm. and we have Mikhail bridges Giannis and Bam Adebayo. Yeah. All right. So I want to preface this before we get in, even get into it. This award, obviously, as a Jazz fan, I know it goes to Rudy a lot of the time. Yes. I think a it's fine for him to not be on this list because yes. I think he's earned enough. Um, and secondly, it usually is going to bigs, which is fair. They have a lot of responsibilities, even if they're not straight up getting blocks. They're in the paint. They're orchestrating the defense. They're interrupting shots. And but that's why I like this selection of people. Yeah. Because before. It was very much like a big who got defensive rebounds and swatted the ball a couple of times. 100%. That was your defensive player of the year. Yep. And I think that we were ignoring some of the guards and mm. small forwards who may not have been doing the nice big slapper ball once yep. again, but are getting steals, clamping up people, and mm. doing things that don't necessarily show up easily on the stats. I don't know if you saw the, uh, I think it was a tweet from Doris Burke, uh, favorite commentator. She doesn't she like said, James Harden. <laughs> but she said, it's a perimeter-based game now. It, we know that. It's yep. a three-point shooting league, and guards are the one defending the perimeter. But they're not ever talked about in the defensive player of the year. It's always no. the bigs. And so I like that this has got, it's got a small forward, it's got a power forward, it's got a center, it's got some variety of positions. Yep. So... But there's really only one like, winner here. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. We'll see if you agree. But it's <laughs> it's Mark it's Mikel Bridges. Yeah. I think it's very fair. The, He's you been should such a good defensive presence. See the clamps that man puts on people. Yep. And he I I'm pretty sure correct me if I'm wrong but he has a very long wing wingspan. Oh dude has lanky arms. Dude, and yeah, so he's just crazy. like poking that ball out. Yeah. I I just feel he's like if I was creating a defender He's what I want to create because yeah. he's he reminds me a little bit of like you know how there's just some players like Drew Holiday who just builds up their reputation and like just always is locked in on defense right Michael Bridges solid solid offense for the Suns he's been good offense but he's always locked in every single game you don't see he's him like it. some players like they'll get like oh four blocks in a game like yeah whatever like huge like Miles Turner he gets a lot of blocks but he's not like that consistent presence. And Michael Bridges playing at the forward, he can guard the perimeter, but he's also getting inside, blocking dudes at the rim too. I just feel like that is a comprehensive defender, not just like, no oh. offense to Rudy, because obviously he's on the Jazz, but he just plays inside. Perimeter defense is not existent. This league, as Doris said, I think, yeah, it, uh, perimeter he's should be respected more. So. Just such a, he's so important to the Suns. Like, yeah, again, he, he's not terrible on offense. He has mm. his spots, but he plays his spots for the offense. He's not yep. a primary offense person, exactly. but if he needs to, he can do it. Hundred percent, yeah. But he his defense is inv- is invaluable to I the Suns. I think he was a steal to, for the Suns as well. I can't remember if they ended up picking him up in a trade or something like that. But yeah, they got him for pretty much nothing, if, and he just flourished on that team. If if this if the Suns don't win it all this year, I'm gonna be <laughs> heartbroken. I mean, like, you can really compare this season to they they didn't have as many wins as Golden State's champion. Oh, um, when they won the championship and they had like the only nine losses or whatever, they didn't have that many wins. But it's that same vibe, right? Yeah. If you this, agree with me, yeah. I feel the like Suns and and but do you know what's really annoying is that mm. I still don't feel like like on the socials in the media that the Suns are the team to beat. No. And they are a hundred percent the team to beat. <laughs> it it is a weird one because I mean Golden State being a Cali team. I think got a bit more hype. I think it takes a little while to get the ball rolling, but the ball should be well and truly rolling by now. By now, now they made the finals last year, and people still aren't even putting yeah, them as like they're a. Still oh. not. They're still sleeping on them. I'm like, bro, these guys were in the finals last year, and yep. they've pretty much brought back the same team. Yeah. And this team's got. Like, if anything, the team's gotten even better this year. Yeah. Playing together. I mean, they they just dominated this whole season. They led the West, and they stayed there. 
I mean, Golden State's fluctuated the Grizzlies and stuff. Why is no so one talking about it? Small market. <laughs> That's why... Because everyone's busy talking about the Lakers. We're talking about the Lakers too. I it think, yeah, it's just small market. And, and the thing is as well, they haven't been jumping around. I think... You kind of get used to it. I mean, the Jazz finished first in the West one season. People yeah, don't talk about jazz. that either. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about, right? Like, it's the same with the Suns, small market. And when they don't fluctuate and they get a lead, it's not exciting because they, they've been locked look, in first. Look, the Jazz were playing well, but we knew they weren't going to do well in the playoffs. That is a fair point. Playoffs is a, is a different story. The Jazz weren't going to do well. The Suns will, And it's like, probably. I don't want to say it, was, it wasn't fluky or streaky, but it, it was a strat that doesn't usually go well in playoffs. True. But I feel like the point still stands, though, that I think the reason, one of the reasons we're not talking about it as much is just because they've been there the whole time. I think if they were Possibly. neck and neck, there have been some seasons where it's been Possibly. neck and neck, people get talking more. But the Suns have just been, like, chilling. They're just like, cool, we're well and truly ahead in the West. They're, so they're going to make the finals, and they're yeah. going to win it. I really want them to win it. Yeah, I, I yeah, absolutely agree. I think, yeah, they've been so dominant, they deserve it, I and people put some all. respect on their name. Yeah, they need some <laughs> respect. Yeah. Speaking of the Suns, just quickly... Coach of the year, I mean, I think Monty Williams, right? Yes, yeah. the man. The man has shown that no matter who he has available, mm. and no matter what the other teams do, that they can a have different people stepping up each night, mm. and b I think they've filled the holes with what they had issues with last year. Yeah, aka McGee. I love McGee. <laughs> McGee is look. He's just a player you want on your team. McGee is a favorite of the podcast. Yep. I do have to say, <laughs> but Jamel he McGee, McGee, but. <laughs> He does his role really well, and he's a great backup center for the Suns yep. because that was the big problem they had last year was every time Definitely true. Um, Aiton went off, they didn't have anyone really to fill that gap. Yep, you saw it in the finals. They didn't yep. have the size as soon as Aiton was off. So, yep. And Aiton was playing crazy minutes, and he just got tired by the end of it. But yep. I think that um, Monty Williams has shown that yeah, no matter... And, like, there's been a couple of times where, like, McGee's started and done fantastic. Like, mm. they've gotten some really good... Chris Paul. I love watching Chris Paul when McGee's on because yeah. every time McGee gets a mismatch or has a little bit of space, boom, the ball's there. Yeah, CP3 finds him. He's just so... Like, it's it's automatic. And, I mean, they've been with their challenges. They had CP3 out for a while. They've had a few players out. And they... Let's just look at this as well. They're eight games ahead of the Grizzlies. Yep. Eight games. It's not even close. In, if you look at the East... You've got Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly, all separated by two games. Yep. Let's just talk about how exciting that is for a sec. But yeah, it's very exciting. So, <laughs> but yeah, the Suns have just been far and away the best team in the league. I think some of the other coaches that have impressed. I think if the Cavs didn't drop so much, I think um, they did a great job. I forgot the coach's name. That's awkward. Uh, but who is it? I don't yeah, know. but I think they did a great job there. Um, Cleveland. Yes, yeah, bugging me. It's slipped my mind. I mean, Spolstra. I think the Heat. I didn't expect them to finish first. I think they they did add some depth. They got Lowry. They got a few guys. I think they did a good job. And honestly, Spolstra, I think, is one of the greatest but coaches we've ever seen Spolstra's in a long time. just like... The problem with Spolstra is he's always good. <laughs> I guess we expect it. But yeah, I think they um, exceeded expectations. I mean, Taylor Jenkins of the Grizzlies too. But I think a lot of it was just Jar going off. Bickerstaff. too. So thank you, Bickerstaff. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of names that can be up there, but I think it has to go to Monty Williams. I mean, the team was just so dominant. So. Yeah. And it, I think he's just really shown off what he can do. 100%. And uh, guess what? Today is going to be a special, <laughs> extra special hour-long podcast yep. for Spotify and for YouTube. You're um, welcome. Just because we got talking about M- uh, the, the end of season awards and we've run out of time for everything else. Which but I mean, we had to go there. We had to talk about it. End of the season. It's juicy. So. And uh, my league pass has just been added. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to be watch- definitely going to be 
whatever's not on Foxtel, I'm definitely going to be using my league pass to keep mm. up with games. Catch I think we've got games. a couple. Well, now we've got to do, before the actual playoffs start, we've got to do the 9 and 8 play-in. Yep. Uh, which, out of Atlanta and Cleveland, who do we think is going to win? Mm. I want to say Cleveland. I want Cleveland to yeah. win. Um, out of um, New Orleans and the Lakers. Uh, sorry, not the Lakers. The Clippers. Clippers. That one's really tough for me. That's real. I cannot split that. They both have so much depth and potential. I'm I reckon if if Paul George has a crazy game, then the Clippers. I'm gonna say the Clippers just because I think they've got a better bench with like Rocco yeah, and Powell and stuff. Like Powell that. coming yeah. off, and I think that the Clippers have a slightly better coach in Tyron Lue okay, yeah. than New Orleans. That's fair. And New, but New Orleans has always had coaching problems. But mm. oh, I don't know. Not they've never had bad coaches. It's just. I don't know. You've got all the talent. Why aren't they winning? <laughs> is it like, yeah. I don't know how, at what point, how do you blame the players? I don't know. Mm. New Orleans have always baffled me. That's fair. But I hope it's a close game either way. Yes. Uh, I think it should be good. But yeah, we will have and to wait and see. That's the last playoff spot in each conference. Do, do we have any big calls for the play, like the playoff brackets? Ooh, I mean, I think the ones to probably watch... Warriors Denver, I think, will be just interesting yep. based on the the combo. I think Boston Brooklyn will be, be juicy. Fire. Yep, because I think Brooklyn's starting to get back on all cylinders again if their D doesn't slip. But Boston have just shot up in the last end of the season. They were eleventh early in the season. I think they're playing great. So think, that'll be juicy. I think those are the two like those fire two, series so. that we really got to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's true. And then I think like look Memphis and Minnesota will be interesting. I think Philly mm. and Toronto will be really important. Mm. I think some of them could be a bit one-sided. I think maybe Milwaukee, Chicago could be a bit bit rough. Depends if we'll Chicago have their their full team or not. Really, yeah, that's true. Like if if I don't want to write them off, but if they haven't got Lonzo Ball back, mm. like if they need the whole team to have it to stand a chance against Milwaukee, yeah. they can't out barrage Milwaukee so they need their defensive anchors especially with their poor record against the top teams in the league yeah which is one of the worst ever so but uh, look I'm mm. I'm still hopeful for Chicago like look mm. I don't think this year's Chicago's year but I think that they've taken some f- amazing steps in the right direction that's very true but yeah I don't think anything's a lock I think there's going to be a lot of interesting matchups so there's a lot of openness see. I don't mm. yeah I don't it's not like normal year like here's the thing we're saying that we're hoping Phoenix will win but that's the thing we're still hoping mm. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion like yep. the years of Golden State. Like I still, <laughs> of I still think that there's four or five teams that could go mm. for it yep, if they if they play well, if they you know if things go their way or if luck goes their way. I think that there's easily four or five teams that could make runs. Mm. So it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be good. So stay tuned because we have so much good basketball to look forward to. Yes, it's we're gonna, gonna break good. it down for you. Hell yeah! Okay. Peace. We're out. Bye. Uh, we're gone. Stop. Hell yeah. Stop. Hell yeah. Stop. Hell yeah.